Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. All hell's breaking loose today. We suffered a, a serious injury at training camp. Ryan Jensen, Pool Bowl Center, went down. We'll talk about that. The Pewter Report website went down. Holy crap, what the hell's happening? The one thing we do know is Julio Jones put on a show in his first practice with Tom Brady and company at the Advent Health Training Center. I'm Scott Reynolds, your host today. Alongside me are two famous Peter reporters who are there watching and chronicling all the action. J.C. Allen and Casey Hudson join me today. You. you. Hey, oh. How are you doing, guys? Uh. It's just been a day. <laughs> it's, it's literally been a day. been a day. It started off really like good vibes. Julio Jones is out there, number 85, Peter Report with the first picture of him in a Bucks uniform. Oh, yeah. And then from there, you know, all hell went, all hell broke loose. Yeah, it really as did. You, uh, as you said, the website went down, Jensen went down. But, you know, I but still think at the same time. We're still <laughs> trying to figure out if. If the website crashed once you put the story up, JC, not blaming you, not blaming Ryan Jensen, just blaming all the pewter people out there that wanted to read the story. So we're trying to find out more about pewterreport.com. It'll be up sooner rather than later, but we can't say the same thing for Ryan Jensen. Casey, it, it looks bad. If you've seen the video, and we I think we've all seen the video by now, yeah. uh, one of the fans in, in, in the stands caught the action. Aaron Stinney blocked logan ryan logan hall the rookie into jensen's left knee and he dropped like that and it looked bad it looked really bad screamed in pain it well just... yeah oh and somebody made a good point um jensen is is a beast he's not the kind of guy his ego isn't the type of ego where if he could walk off that field that he wouldn't so yeah. the fact that the cart had to come out there is was one of the big symbols that was like, wow, this is pretty significant because yeah. Big Red would have at least tried to limp off and, you know, situate himself in the locker room. But he was down for a minute. And then when the cart came is when we were like, OK, this is this yeah. is for real. Yeah. Anybody else, you would have been like, OK, you know, cart comes out. But this is the dude who played recently. We, we heard the news that he played with a hip torn hip flexor yeah. on days rest in Philadelphia and then again in Philadelphia injured got injured in that game went to the blue tent missed the defense for the defensive series came back out and played and then played again hurt again next yeah. week against the Rams I mean this guy is as tough as nails as tough as they come and yeah. for him to hear him scream to hear him curse like that and have to get out in the cart not yeah. being able to put any pressure on it, it, it it's it's really not a good sign for the Bucks. uh and their Pro Bowl starting center, Ryan Jensen. It's you know what sucks? Like, I just got such good content of him and Hainsey really loading up on the baby powder. Like, I was so excited to get that posted <laughs> later on in the day. Like, they were ready. The energy started off high, and then, you know, Big Red goes down. So, yeah, we talked about Hainsey uh, gaining a little bit of necessary weight yesterday on the Peter Report podcast, which was. The best podcast we've ever done. We're going to try to top that today, and I'm feeling pretty good about it, despite the injury to Ryan Jensen. We're going to talk about Julio Jones. That was a huge bright spot for the Buccaneers today, so we're not going to be all doom and gloom on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, but Hainsey, listen, all eyes are on him now. He is going to be stepping in for, for Jensen. And and listen, when, when you have the knowledge in this offense that Ryan Jensen does, the Pro Bowl credentials, winning a Super Bowl, uh, the rapport he has with Tom Brady, this is going to be a huge loss, even if it's a couple weeks, but certainly if it's going to be longer than that, if it is season ending. And they just signed him to a three-year contract extension, and this was not his fault by any means. This is a friendly fire type incident. Um, some of us in, in the media room were kind of lamenting, well, they, you know, they they didn't have full pads on. I, I don't know what thigh pads really could have done to prevent this. Uh, Jensen does wear typically wears knee braces, and I think even in this picture, which was in yesterday's practice, I think you you can see well, maybe he's got the neoprene sleeves on. So, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, uh, and 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 maybe maybe the offensive linemen, even when they're in in uh, in you know jerseys and helmets maybe they need to wear 
their their knee braces on. Uh, it, it's a tough lesson to to learn, but certainly uh, a big loss for the Buccaneers if that's the case. But you look at at Robert Hainsey, third round pick last year, played a couple snaps to center against Miami, uh, played in the Atlanta Falcons game at the end of the season, and. Uh, it, it, it's a big drop-off, right, from Ryan Jensen, who's got a lot of experience and, and as we mentioned, the Pro Bowl credentials, to a guy, uh, J.C., that that is still developing behind the scenes. Yeah, and, and part of, you know, you saw the contract Jensen signed and, and you had Hainsey under center for another, you know, under contract for another three years. So those kind of overlapped each other. Would Hainsey get that opportunity? And now if, if this is a serious injury, we're still waiting you know, there's so many swelling needs to go down, and, and we don't have a clear idea of what's going to happen with Jensen yet. But Haynes has got to step up, and one of the things he's been doing in preparation for that is is practicing with former Buck Center and former starter around the league and in Arian's offense in Arizona is AQ Shipley. He's been working yeah. with him all offseason, and Shipley went on the Pat McAfee show and said, listen, this is a guy who mentally is a 10-year guy he knows what to do mentally he knows how to make right. all the calls he knows what to do it's getting that body which he's been transforming and, and and thickening up that lower half making the switch from a more athletic position at right tackle to more uh you know close quarters position at, at center slash guard so you know with a aq's sign off on him what we've what i've seen from him personally in the last two days with the second team uh at, at center you know Pretty flawless with his snaps, making some good calls. I'm not, I, I'm not doom and gloom. I think Hainsey might be able to have the ability to step in there if Jensen can't go for the, you know, the full season, half a season, whatever it's going to be. But again, we don't know anything yet because yeah. he plays on the offensive line until Monday, the earliest, and even then, that's too soon because that's when pads come on. We need yeah. to see how much progress he's made when the pads come on and even more so when they go against Miami and Tennessee and in game action, that's when we'll really know if he can handle uh, the call to action that could be thrust upon him. Right. Um, it, real quick. We'll get to you in a second. Casey JC Leo with a, a 499 super chat. We always appreciate the super chats. We drafted Jensen's replacement last year. However, if it's bad for Jensen, the Browns released their starting center in March. That would be, J.C. Treader. <laughs> yeah, J.C. Allen, J.C. Treader. So uh, is, is he a great fit for this scheme? That's questionable. He's got some experience. He's more of a zone guy. But I will say this. We, we've seen the Buccaneers run more zone than than man. I At least I have in the first two days of, of practice. We're not supposed to get too in-depth with what we're seeing in reporting, but they've been running a lot of stretch zone. So I'm just wondering if, if – Right, the J.C. Treader, he's more of a fit this year than he would be in years past. And right. they have some of the stretch plays, stretch zone plays in the playbook. And and if that's what J.C. Treader is is best at, then they can pull it off. Yeah, he's six four, three hundred seven pounds. The only thing about J.C. Treader is the amount of money he's made over the last few years. I mean, nine yeah. million last year in the last deal with his uh, last year, uh, second to last year of a deal with the Browns before they released them this year. Uh, before that, four million, five and a half, five and a half bucks only have five and a half million to give him. So he would yeah. have to be at the age of of thirty one. He'd have to be someone who's willing to come in on a discounted contract. Uh, it's not like it's not like a position player where you can be like, yeah, well, just load it up with incentives. Yeah. You know, there's not really many incentives for a center to make a pancake blocks, maybe. I mean, um, it's, it's usually it's games played or games started, and then it's make the playoffs. Those are the those are the things that you can do for linemen, especially if you make the Pro Bowl, you get X amount of, of dollars, et cetera. Uh, Casey, when you looked at at um, you know at, at this injury happen, uh, one of the guys that that was really high on Hainsey, at least in his press conference, was Tristan Wirfs. He was yeah. very complimentary about him, called him Bob. They're like best buddies on the team, and he has confidence that that he could step in and and um, and get the job done. And, and if you remember. Back in the spring when we had Ryan Jensen on after he signed that contract extension, I asked him about Robert Hainsey, and he loved the kid's cerebral ability to pick up the playbook. He's just a super smart player, and that's kind of what Tristan Wirf said as well. Yeah, 100%. That's what I was going to say. So in terms of everyone asking about Jensen's replacement, I think if we learned anything between Tristan Wirfs and you know the GM, Jason Light, 
they have a lot of faith and a lot of hope in what Hainsey can do. I mean, first of all, I think he had a pretty solid training camp last year for one. Mm -hmm. And today, uh, Jason Light said it in his presser, we drafted him for a reason and yep. we plan to develop him basically is what, what he alluded to. And, um, you know, Worfs was very high up on the fact of how smart he is and how that's one of his best buds on the team. But yep. Tristan Worfs is, is an all pro. He's going to be one of the, he is one of the top offensive line in the league. He's only has so much further to go in terms of his success and right. for him to say that he can learn something from Hainsey, not just because of their friendship, but because of his football IQ and his determination out there. This is a guy that wants to learn and thrive in this system. And it sounds like that's the route that they're going to take versus bringing somebody else in. Because the reality of it is while everyone's being tight-lipped about whether they're going to add to other position groups, there's a good chance that they might do so there. And that's where money's probably going to go. And hainsey has been groomed for an opportunity like this. I think yeah. there's a few plays last year training camp where Jensen couldn't go. It wasn't anything serious. Right. Um, and Hainsey stepped in and everybody was well impressed with him. So now is the time, and unfortunately, regardless of what we hear pertaining to Ryan Jensen's injury, if it's better that it happens now. You know, August isn't for your your, your first string guys to be right. putting in too many reps. Yes, they have to see where the rust has come off and where guys are at in the beginning, but after that, you know, is where you really have to start evaluating the people that are going to step in, the next man mentality and all that stuff. So if there's going to be a time for Hainsey to really step up, make it count and show that he could be the successor of Jensen, this is it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and the thing too, JC, is – is Jason Light also mentioned, and maybe it was Todd Bowles too, that that uh, you know they've they've got some depth there at the center position with with Nick Leverett, and and he played some, you know, Nick Leverett played he played all over in the preseason last year. Started you know started a game at left tackle, not that he started, but when he went in the game, it was at left tackle. He actually played center as well against the Titans, and and then ultimately played against. The Colts during the season at guard when Stinney was injured, he stepped in. And of course, Stinney was in the game for Ali Marpet, who was out, I believe, with a concussion for that game. So so Leverett played almost the entire Colts game, got his feet wet in his first NFL action, but he's got some experience at center. He really is that utility guy that can play all five positions in a pinch across the offensive line that makes him valuable. The problem now is if something happens to Hainsey, now it's Nick Leverett and who? John Molchan? John I mean, Molchan do, yeah. do they have to bring in a veteran center to either compete with Hainsey or at least be the backup? Because good centers just, they don't, you know, fall off the tree. Right. I, it's one of the harder positions to actually nail and get them. That's why there's so few really good centers in the league. Yeah, Ian Rappaport and Adam Sheff, they're both, you know, coming out with their reports pretty much saying that, you know, they would be surprised if it's not a significant injury. They're hearing that, it, that you know, it doesn't sound like it is good that at the very least some extended period of time is going to be missed. But with Leverett and, and Hainsey, if they're both going to be competing for that starting center job, if everything's equal, I think you got to go with Hainsey because Leverett gives you that flexibility, right, to play multiple positions and be a versatile depth option and backup guy on the roster. So, you know, I, I, you keep coming back to if you look at the free agent centers, there's really not much out there. Um, you know, J.C. Treader is the biggest name. He's only about, you know, per, you know, I don't know what he's at right now, but he's the same height, about 10 pounds less than, than what Ryan Jensen yeah. weighs. But you're looking at guys like Matt Paradis, who played with the Panthers for the for extended time, Trey Hopkins, who spent last year with the Cincinnati Bengals, maybe Billy Price, who right. is with So you're Giants. rattling off Bengals and Panthers offensive linemen. It's not a good sign, especially when those offensive lines sucked last year and those guys are on the street still. So Right. So you have to hope that Hainsey's ready to take take that step and and yeah. fill in for an extended period of time, if not the entire season. Yeah, right. Exactly. That really limits, knocks him out of the left guard position too, because yeah. they're going to need him to play center, whether it's six weeks, six months, the whole year. Right. They're going to need him to solely focus on that position yep. and get that that chemistry going with Tom Brady because right. he doesn't have that. He hasn't been snapping him. He's been snapping at Gabbard and Trask. So you know, take him out of the left guard competition. Most likely, take Nick Leverett out of the left guard competition because he's going to get all the number two reps most likely at center. So now it's down to Stinney and Gadecki to really who's going to be, become that guy at yeah. starting 
guard. It's, it's interesting. Well, Hear me out. Fred yeah. Johnson goes to center. Fred Johnson. He's <laughs> Fred Johnson's like six eight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't Brady to, to throw the ball. I mean, it, it, that that can be a little bit of an issue. You know, I mean, I remember John Wade, former Buck <laughs> center, was six six down here in Tampa, and you know, it was difficult for Brian Greasy, who was I think what six, six one four. six two to see over him. So, you know, you don't need to run to play center. You want a bigger guy, but you don't want a real tall guy. And Fred Johnson, as Tristan works, has to get low in the squad, you know, on on the team. So I I like Fred Johnson though. I I'm fine with that. I'm just not sure centers his spot. Leo (laughs) with the the super chat down 99. Thank you. Thank you for the super chats people. It's, it's super chat season. So if you have questions, we have a lot of people in the chat. It's football season. Uh, you'll, you'll catch our attention and you'll get your comment or question read for sure by giving us a super chats. We appreciate that. If Brady wants a veteran, they will sign a veteran. And JC and Casey, uh, when when Jason Light was was talking to the the media today, he was not shy or bashful about using Tom Brady as a recruiting tool and and collaborating on uh, on that. And, and JC, you and you brought up an interesting question that Jason dodged the first time, and you asked it again. Right. Jason has gone to Brady and said, what do you think about these players? Can you help us get them into the fold? These are some guys we want to sign. But I think that works the other way, too. I think the 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 it's a two-way street. I think Brady's gone to Jason Light and said, hey, I want this guy on the team. Sure. You give me the blessing to give this guy a call and, and sign him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and, you know, that might be the case. You know, there's trade scenarios, too, that could come into play. They're going to have to, if they don't feel comfortable with Hainsey, which I don't necessarily think they don't, they're going to have to turn over a rock. And, and you know, all it takes is a call from Brady and maybe to J.C. Try to say, hey, I need you out here. And yeah. uh, we don't have a lot of cap space left, but you want to win a ring? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> because we're He's center away now. Right now, so. Yep. Well, here, here's one thing we do know. Place kind of because yeah. one pattern that they have going on is they really do need to strongly consider grooming the next up for this team. Like we have a lot of guys that are on one year contract, they're going to be hanging up their cleats when this season's done, and that's going to put them in a bit of a hole. The top of this year, all of us were having massive heart attacks between the retirement of Tom Brady, Grock right. sitting on the fence, just so many unknowns and nobody to step in and fill those shoes. So yeah. they do have to seriously consider that in the same sense. There's so many veterans that are waiting and have been waiting their entire career to collect that ring. And yeah. I think one of you guys asked that today, like about, you know, people like all, is there a pattern here for the players that you guys are signing that have always been close, but not close enough. So of course yeah. they're hungry to get it done, but you got to pick one or the other at this point. Yeah. Uh, Emily brings up a good point. Jensen's a tough cookie unless the season injury, uh, season ending injury, he'll be back. Uh, there is nobody tougher maybe in the building than Ryan Jensen. I mean, he is, he's tough as nails, but I mean, if you're talking an ACL or something like that, I mean, he's, he's done for the year. So we shall see Uh, folks. uh, I would be done. I would be cooked today myself. If, uh, if I didn't have not just one Celsius, but two Celsius training camp time, folks, it's not, it's not like Celsius doesn't work. It's just been getting up like at four 30 and (laughs) I had my tropical vibe today. Because I wanted something fruity this morning, and then I got, guys, I've been telling you, my afternoon go-to is this flavor. Okay, so I'm not getting too fruity. And uh, in, in Celsius, they've got the fruit flavors. If even if you don't like uh, orange, which is my favorite, they have a ton of fruit flavors, and they all taste exactly like they're supposed to. Peach vibe, which I'm going to be rocking tomorrow morning, it tastes like peach vibe. It tastes like peach. Uh, the wild berry tastes like like a bunch of berries in your mouth. The grape uh, flavor tastes like grape. Watermelon is is fantastic flavor. There are so many different flavors to choose from. Celsius is the best tasting energy drink, but it's also the best energy drink for you. Why? Because it's got seven vitamins. It's got the essential functional energy energy that you need to power your active daily lives. And folks. There's no sugar. There's no preservatives. So that means you get all the energy with no sugar crash. So whether it's the you know some of the non-fruity flavors like the cola 
or say the cucumber lime, which is also a, gr a good change. I think Casey, you like the cucumber lime. Yeah. Or it's the new Arctic vibe or the tropical vibe and the peach vibe. Those are the holdover flavors. Make Celsius a part of your life when it comes to getting the energy that you need, whether it's in the morning, whether it's in the afternoon, you need a little pick me up for work or before your workout. Where can you find Celsius? Well, click on Celsius.com, go to the store locator, type in your address, and you'll find out all the different stores near you that carry Celsius or go to Amazon. You can buy them in bulk there. You can buy them by the case. You can subscribe and save. You save money that way, and they ship them right to your door. And you can also get those regularly delivered. So if you uh, if you need Celsius uh, on a weekly basis, every other week, whatever, Amazon will ship it right to you. Right. Shout out well, to uh, James Canada out here, the former Bucks defensive lineman in the chat, guys. What's Shout that? Uh, James Canada, former Bucks. James Canada, hell yeah, James yeah, Canada, former Bucks uh, defensive lineman in the chat, hanging out. I love it. Hey, Number hey. ninety-eight, if I recall. Sometimes I forget things, but uh, but uh, I, I think he was number ninety-eight. So that's that's really cool. Memories of um, So one of the things that was cool today, we don't want to be too doom and gloom. We don't know exactly what's happening with Ryan Jensen, but we do know what happened today with Julio Jones. He yes. wore number 85, which is not a, a great number for him. I think he's waiting until- Wait, 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 wait. He's wearing number 85. Mr. Scott Reynolds of Pewter Report broke the news that he was wearing number 85. Let's not be too it, modest here, all right? It, not like a 5.45 a.m. tweet? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's just a jersey number, folks. It's, it's I think not Scott has a key to it's the not, building at this point. Highly anticipated jersey number. People were really yeah. waiting well, to hear yeah. what number he was gonna wear. Well, I, I was old enough to remember Courtney Hawkins wearing number 85, and then Redale Anthony wore number 85. So there's been a couple of Buccaneers that have rocked 85, but nobody rocks 85 like Julio Jones. And boy, Casey, uh, we talked about how Tom Brady came out guns a-blazing yesterday, looking razor sharp on his first day yep. of training camp practice. This was Julio Jones's first day, second day for the team. And man, he just... Was put on a clinic. I didn't see him drop a pass, and he was running some amazing routes. Uh, I was really happy with what I saw from Julio Jones. Oh my gosh, yes! And when we like, as media was starting to find their spots on the field and stuff this morning, you saw that he was out there, one of the first guys out there with the wide receiver coach, and you could see the conversation of them, you know, in depthly talking about routes and him asking a lot of question questions. Excuse me, um, being super inquisitive, and then he just went out there and put on a show he executed. And I think something that I tweeted out earlier too, was for this to be day one for Julio Jones day two at training camp for, for Tom Brady, even though we know Tom Brady is an all pro, right. They had a, they had an instinctual chemistry from the jump. And that was great to see because there was plays and there was moments where you would think these guys have played together before on a couple different occasions. So it looked very, um, it looked very easy for them. The chemistry already looked established. And you're right. I didn't see a drop pass all day. There were certain plays where he was in, you know, tight coverage or a double man and, and he was still just doing so well. So, yeah. and what was funny is that in the pressers after when everybody of course asked each person from Worfs to Shaq Barrett to Todd Bowles, you know, how did, how did Julio Jones look with a giggle? Everybody opens up and says like, well, he can still run and he can yeah. still catch. So, <laughs> just kind of shutting down everybody who thinks that Julio Jones is on his last leg. And then, you know, I would be remiss to not circle back to yesterday when I said we have an opportunity to see Julio Jones from five, six years ago, as long as he's healthy, maybe on yeah. that TV 12. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and the thing too is Todd Bowles is really happy. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny because when you look at, at this, this depth chart and we talked about it yesterday, JC, mm. I think some of these guys are starting to feel the heat. And I, I think that one of the guys that really stood out to me today in a not so great fashion was Tyler Johnson. I saw him drop a couple passes, dropped a, a, a touchdown from Blaine Gabbert. And if you're Tyler Johnson, now there's another big bodied receiver, right? 6'3, 220. He's even bigger than Tyler Johnson. And Julio is faster than Tyler Johnson. So, uh, Right now, I'm looking at Tyler Johnson, and he doesn't really bring anything special to the table because, again, his calling card was he was another big-bodied guy. Now they got another big-bodied guy in, in Julio Jones to pair with a, a bigger guy like like a, a Chris Godwin who plays slot 
and, and then another bigger guy who's fast and Brashad Perryman. So uh, if you Tyler Johnson, you got to pretty much catch everything in practice, do you not? Yeah, right. Especially the one of those was on air too. I mean, it wasn't even yeah. covered. So like, you know, Julio Jones came out guns up blazing today. Not only was he sharp in, in uh, on air and red zone drill work, you know, uh, pairing with Tom Brady, but once it came down to actually getting out there and he doesn't know that he doesn't know the install. He doesn't really know the scheme. Right. I saw someone in the chat mentioned something. I was going to say, Cyril Grayson was off to the side telling him like yeah. what routes to run and stuff like that. This is, went, this is day two. The Cyril Grayson's look really good. Yes, really good. Yes. Jones went four for four today on on the. Uh, he was out there for four uh, targeted on four catches, caught all four balls. Two of them were touchdowns. One was a diving touchdown in the end zone, and the other one was a contested catch over Kyler McMichael, who's like a yeah. sixth cornerback, just right. high pointed the ball and caught it down. Oh, the fans, JC, JC, on on that particular play, Julio stumbled. Yeah, he he literally stumbled. I, th I thought he was going to fall over. He regrouped, and the ball was in the air. He made a crazy adjustment over McMichael to catch it. But I I thought that that Julio was going to just slip and fall. I mean, he stumbled out of his break. That gave right. McMichael plenty of time to cover him. It's just when you're six three two twenty and you're Julio Jones, you're never really covered. Right, right, and it was as Casey mentioned it too. It was it was funny to see all of like the media could just kind of transfer over to the. Some of them were over here. Some of them was over. They all kind of came to the end zone when Julio was there. Anytime he touched the ball, you couldn't. There was a deafening roar. Fans yeah. are already a hundred percent behind him, but. Oh, yes. uh, you know his presence, as you said, Tyler Johnson's on notice, and so is Scotty Miller, who had another struggling day today. Yeah. And yeah. If, if I don't, I mean, at least Scotty's back there returning punts. I don't see how Tyler Johnson makes this team now that they've got a, a big body possession guy that can be on the outside. Because I think he was out of position last year trying to replace Godwin. Who can do that? Nobody. Uh, yeah. So he's he's. And you know what? Jalen Darden had another good day. I thought he did. You know, he really did. Yeah, I mean, Grayson and Jalen Darden have been guys Wait. that have been really consistent from from being holdovers from a year ago. Wait, did Casey just say yes to Jalen Darden having a good day? Can we focus on that real quick? <laughs> did you just agree to Jalen Darden's good day, Casey? Jalen Darden had a good day. Now, don't hold me to it because the minute you put pads on this guy, who knows what's going to happen? So right. there's a lot of guys who have specifically in my notebook, it's like wait for pads, wait for pads, wait for pads because it's just – could be a game changer, but yes, Jalen Darden looks good. He's doing well. He did well last training camp, and then who knows what happened. So don't yeah. hold to that too tightly. But Cyril right. Grayson is looking really good. Yeah, he could be a dark horse this season, not because he didn't, you know, show up last season. I think he kind of showed up a bit late, and then there was the injury. Yeah. But we've all talked about this, you know, almost at at full nausea now. But he's he's holding up his end, and he looks good and doing really well. And Russell Gage, guys. I mean, oh, this, yeah. this receiver room, this is going to be really tough. Two guys are for sure about to lose their job, unfortunately. And you yeah. both have said it, Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller, they're, they look scared out there. They look nervous. They look like they're overthinking every step. They're, they're feeling the heat. They're feeling the pressure for sure. Uh, mm -hmm. Common sense with some with some common sense. I mean, <laughs> again, we're, we're reporting the news. We're reporting who looked good today. But yeah. common sense is, is bringing the common sense. Pads, 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 pads. Yes. Right. There have yes. been plenty of, of people that, in my almost three decades of covering the Buccaneers, they look great in OTAs. They look great uh, when when the pads are off in training camp. And when the pads come on, it's a different story. And we're going to report what happened today, and we're going to see if it changes next week because the pads do come on on Monday. Right. Yeah, I think after two days – so two days in my wide receiver depth chart after the big four. I think I've got Cyril Grayson making it, Prashad Perriman making it. I think it's yeah. it, it's going to be either Jalen Darnan or Devin Tompkins. Tompkins, yeah. he his cuts are so smooth, and he yeah. gets in and out of his breaks so quickly. He's made some pretty good plays, some diving plays, some sideline. He almost had that one catch uh, earlier. Uh, was, was it today or yesterday? I don't remember. That. But he high-pointed on a bigger wide receiver, out of bounds, converted his body around and just barely – missed the catch but he's yeah. been impressive yeah. so far plus he's working on punt returns as well because we know right. special teams special teams special teams it's gonna be the way to make this roster if you're gonna be yeah. that five six seven guy but those are the guys who have stood out to me i haven't really seen much from many of the rookies vincent smith had a good day today yes. though. Yeah. he did yes, he did 
you know, we what, what, go ahead. Passes from Trask, which yeah. a lot of people on the podcast know that I'm not the biggest Trask fan, but he looked like looked good. But him and Smith were connecting. It's not just about the jersey he wore in college. <laughs> uh, I want to get back to to a, a point here that Tyson uh, Leclerc brought up. David Andrews incoming. JC, uh, what are your thoughts on Tom Brady reuniting with the uh, Patriot Center? It would it would definitely be a work a fit. It would definitely work. I just I'm not sure if that's a viable option. I think he just re-signed with them this season. Yeah. I'm not. I'm trying to look up what the cap hit could is on him i'll get back to you on that in a minute but definitely as a player for sure i mean he yeah. is a heck it, of a player just, i i think that that bill belichick has has given enough to jason <laughs> right, right, right. With, with the trade for rob gronkowski and shaq mason yeah. i don't know if he wants to give jason any more good player right. so. i doubt it it'd be painful yeah. for him to do so yeah i don't think they're gonna invest in a center well unless he's out for the season then maybe but if anything, you're, you're looking at a potentially a backup center, one of those guys I mentioned, not for any purpose of really competition, but more of a veteran presence. Like Matt Paradis, I don't want to see him on the field, but he's you know 33. He's seen pretty much everything right. that, that you can see out on the field to bring him in and just kind of give him that little veteran push, per yeah. se, knowing that he's not really – a plausible option maybe on the mm -hmm. practice spot or something, but to give him that push and say, hey, when I'm out here, this is what I see. Not that Jensen hasn't done it, but right. to have some real time during camp, be like, this is what I see here. I think that yeah. would be a, a potential option. Or maybe they just bring back AQ Shipley. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got a career ending neck injury, so I don't think that's going to happen, but I like right. thinking there. Uh, we also like likes. If you if you have the, the, uh, the wherewithal to do so, and I think everybody does, all you have to do is just use a little finger and, you know, slide the cursor over and hit like on your page there uh, or on your, your YouTube. It, find us on YouTube at Pewter Report TV. That's our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. We're closing in on 9,000 subscribers. That's awesome, Pewter people. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Every single video we do, every piece of content that we put up on our YouTube channel, please hit the like button. What that does is that helps our, our YouTube algorithms gets us in front of more awesome pewter people like you so we can grow and get in front of more Bucks fans and uh, and entertain and inform them with everything Pewter Report has to offer. So and the faster we get to 10K, the faster that our, our page can continue to grow, we can monetize and be able to bring you better content, better yes. things, better coverage. So like, yep. yeah, please tell your friends, tell your mom, even if they don't want to watch it, just tell them to like it and subscribe. Yeah, yeah. like and subscribe. That's, you know, we want you to watch it, but we if do, you want we do. to watch but just hit like and subscribe for sure. Uh, one thing that we do want to do is is tell you about uh, my bookie, uh, folks. If you if you are interested in in doing some you know some gaming, uh, my bookie is is the place to go. I've used my bookie personally for years, and when I mean years, I mean like I think this is year four or five that I've been with my bookie. So my bookie it, it's a fantastic community. For you to join and the great thing is 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 you can you can sign up now and they're going to give you half of your first initial deposit uh, back to you in the form of a signing bonus so it's a great way to fight inflation and get the best <laughs> of of the uh uh of your money back you can you can subscribe uh to my bookie and and, and join up there and and let's say you you deposit Two thousand dollars. They're going to give you up to a thousand dollars as your bonus. So if you deposit two hundred dollars, let's say you don't be that much of a baller and you want to put two hundred dollars in your account to start off with, they'll give you a hundred dollars. So it's free house money, and all you got to do is go to mybookie.ag and subscribe using the promo code Pewter. And when you sign up with that promo code Pewter, they're going to give you half of your deposit right back into your account so you can bet on things like major league baseball right now nfl football which is uh, nearing what uh five weeks now five or five we weeks from football. Get live 45 days, 45 days. yeah uh, <laughs> sooner or later it's going to be hockey season again right we're, we're, we're hockey fans nba uh there's ufc fights uh, every everything <laughs> yeah so 
if if you want to to get into the game, the the place to go for that is my bookie. Uh, bet with my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And again, use that promo code Pewter when you sign up, and they're going to give you some free money. Who doesn't like free money, folks? Right. And this is Matt's error expertise, but I'm going to give you guys a little betting tip right now. While you're while you're watching the podcast, go sign up for my bookie right now. It puts the money on week one for the Bucks to win because. 20 minutes ago, news just broke that Michael Gallup will not be ready to play week one. Another weapon that won't be ready to play for the Cowboys when they yeah. face the Bucks. Go put some money on that. Thank me later when the Bucks win and you cover and you win some extra money from that tip. Yep. <laughs> I can't give a tip for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, listen, we just we just got news that, that Anastasia has just subscribed. This podcast is fire. We appreciate that. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. We got a little applause there. We love you too, uh, Damien. So uh, a question here about uh, how does that Tom Brady arm look? Uh, Casey, you've seen Tom Brady sling it in practice over the last uh, two days here. Uh, he does not look like he's approaching his 45th uh, birthday anytime soon. No. That, that birthday, we already know that this guy has Benjamin Button disease. But aside from the fact that, you know, People have been waiting for the fall off, the decline, the arm strength to just wither away. It hasn't happened. He's not skipped a beat. He hasn't missed a step. He looks as strong as ever. Um, so whatever he's doing, whatever that TB12 method is, it's working for him. But yeah. all jokes aside, like, yeah, I mean, we know that the, everybody says it. Tom Brady is a very routine, deliberate, meticulous guy. So whatever it takes for him to step into that pocket and make sure that he's going to be efficient and effective He's already done so, and so far, so good. So nothing to worry about on Tom Brady's end, unless he's really, you know, having to deal with another center and stuff. But <laughs> yeah. he's going to groom him up well. That's what yeah, he, he is. He, he knows the offense by now. It's not like this is his first year in Tampa. First year in Tampa, he won the Super Bowl. Second year, you know, was was a Pro Bowl. Could have won the NFL MVP. You're right, JC. Should have. Uh, so, so, uh, I, Tom Brady's not in position where he was in 2020, where he was leaning on Ryan Jensen, whoever mm -hmm. this new center is. If it is Robert Hainsey, Brady is certainly going to help him get up to speed as flowers. quickly as possible. I'll say flowers too to Max Kellerman. Six years today, Max Kellerman said Brady was falling off a cliff. That's Guess right. Brady's not falling off a cliff. He won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay the first year. Should have been an MVP. Probably yep. would have went to the Super Bowl again if there wasn't a litany of injuries. You know, yep. you can't predict and look back. And this year, even with the Ryan Jensen, this this team is locked and loaded and ready to compete for another one. So take that, Max Kellerman, with your falling yep. off a cliff six years ago. <laughs> it's just not a steep cliff. Maybe he mis mistook it for an incline. I'll tell yeah, you what, exactly. too. Like, I, All right, so I, we. I was going to say, I used to go to training camp all the time when I was up north and everything like that. The last three seasons, I've seen more zip, more velocity, more um, accurate throws. And and we were talking about it today, too. His The the trajectory of his throws, the the, the height of them. Yeah. Um, he, he's, it's, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Still has an incredible arc on the deep ball. And I, I, he, he pushes the ball down the field like no other. I mean, he's. We, we haven't seen any drop off yet. Let's put it that way. Unfathomable what he's yeah. doing at 45. Just Football fan asks, by the way, is there a reason why SMB is playing in the outside? Yes. I'm going to be writing about this extensively in SRS Fab 5 tomorrow. Uh, I will I will say this. Sean Murphy Bunting is not playing slot corner. We broke that news yesterday. We kind of hinted at it mm -hmm. prior to camp. If you've been reading the pewterreport.com stories and he is going to be given a shot at outside corner. I think the SMB and the slot experiment is over. And if you go back and, and look, and this not just Todd Bull saying this, Bull said this on the record, but other coaches will tell you that it wasn't just that all-out blitz that was a, a fatal blow to Tampa Bay in that Rams game where Cooper Cup uh, got the best of, of Antoine Winfield who was late coming over, late getting the call, and Ndamukong Sue couldn't get to Matthew Stafford in time, and we know what happened 44 yards later. Matt Gay kicks the game-winning field goal, and it's heartbreak central. But uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, the play before, slipped and fell in the slot while covering Cooper Cup. Mike Edwards couldn't come over to make the tackle. Cooper Cup got out of bounds. That was a key play. 
because it saves some time for the Rams. So <clears throat> I think the experiment with Sean Murphy bunting and the slot is over now. So who's playing in the slot? Antoine Winfield has been playing slot corner almost exclusively with the first team. And uh, we, we, we saw him play some man coverage today and get beat a little bit. Now he did have an interception of Tom Brady. So he did have a, a highlight play there, but I think they're, they're, they're giving Antoine Winfield a look to see if he can be a slot corner for this team because it's a position that gets targeted a lot, and he's a dynamic player in the middle of the field. We, uh, we saw him high point and outleap Michael Pittman Jr. for a right. huge interception, and we've also seen him uh, cover Jared Cook in that Saints playoff game back in 2020 in the slot and force a huge fumble. So Winfield can make some plays. And I think what they're taking a look right now is, is can SMB play outside? And he is starting ahead of Jamel Dean. That's a little noteworthy. Mm -hmm. uh, I just think they're, they're trying to give him a look with the starters to say, A, are you a starting caliber player? B, how, how are you faring as an outside corner? And then C, how's Antoine Winfield doing in the slot? Because we've seen a lot of, of plays where where they've got Logan Ryan at the free safety spot, Mike Edwards <laughs> playing the other safety, and then you've got Winfield in the slot. Yeah. Right, it's all about getting your best guys out there. And if you have the opportunity to put Antoine Winfield out there, Mike Edwards back in the free safety, and either Keanu Neal or uh, or Logan Ryan or some combination of, of that ilk on the field, why not test it out? That's what training camp is for to see what you can do. That's why last all last season you had Ross Cockrell playing as a as a safety, you know, cross training there. This yeah. is the time where you try out different things, right. techniques, and see what sticks, and then you then you you go from there. But speaking of Ross Cockrell, he's looked terrible the last two days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think Ross Cockrell is going to be making the team. Is is uh, is Logan Ryan? too slow to play in the slot. I don't think that's the case. I just think they like him playing center field. He almost had an interception today. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, they, they like him back there seeing the field. And Mike Edwards also sees some time at, at the free safety spot too. So uh, what we're seeing out there right now, it may not be what we're going to see in, in week one because Todd Bowles has got to try some different combinations, try some players out. Training camp is used for two things, to get ready to play the Cowboys in week one, but also to tinker and experiment with with different lineups and see who plays well with others and who plays well in certain spots, Casey. Yeah, absolutely. And no, I don't think Logan Ryan is a slow thing at all. I think a very specific role in mind for him, as you mentioned. Um, we've kind of seen a little consistency between yesterday and today of where he's going to be. Um, but Antoine Winfield Jr., I mean, he's, he's a gritty guy. I think if you're going to – ask anybody to rise to the task of learning something and being able to do it well, he's a great guy to take an opportunity um, and give him time to have that opportunity with. So not really surprised by the move, uh, if you will. And we knew that this defense was going to have an ability to be a little bit more flexible and throw some tricks out there. So yeah, right. this is the time to try it out, see how, how it ends out and go from there. Yeah, you know, um, I'm seeing in in the chat and listen. Uh, I know Ryan Jensen is is a beloved player, and it and it, it sucks when you have a, a friendly fire injury, right? I've seen this a couple <laughs> times in my career. Trent Dilfer was vilified for quote unquote getting Horace Copeland, the Bucks wide receiver, hurt in in a preseason game because Dilfer's pass was underthrown. Horace Copeland had to slow down for it. It was in a preseason game. And, and when he slowed down to make the catch, all of a sudden uh, he got his knee crumpled up on and tore his ACL. He was out for the year. And Horace Copeland was a promising young receiver. I want to say this was maybe 1996 or 97. He was 97, the 97 preseason maybe. And and uh, anyway, he got blamed for it. And uh, it's it's not like Trent Dilfer wanted it to happen. It was it was an you know it was it was just. Sometimes shit happens, right? I mean, that that's right. just life, and that's football too. And I, I I don't want to sit there and say this was Aaron Stinney's fault or this was 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 Logan Hall's fault. Um, it just sometimes it just happens. And and I remember too, Davin Joseph was a Pro Bowl left guard, or I should I should say right guard for the Buccaneers, and he got um, 
you know, in, in uh, his knee taken out in a preseason game when Donald Penn, you know, blocked and threw a guy into his knee. It happens along the offensive line. I mean, it happened to Jensen last year. His own teammate rolled over his ankle. And yeah, then it was just worse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely happens. So, so it, you know, it, it it sucks when it's when it's friendly fire, but I mean, it's it, you can't blame these guys because uh, they don't want it to happen. I mean, oh, yeah. and Jensen, they love each other. I mean, they're they're you know they want a Super Bowl lined up to each other. It's it's not it's not fair to sit there and say that that this this has happened. This is this is just a circumstantial thing that happens, and, and it's football. Sometimes you get you get uh, friendly fire, and, and sometimes too. Uh, we we've seen it. I mean, look at Teddy Bridgewater. He was up there in Minnesota, literally just rolling out, and and his knee buckled right and had a catastrophic knee injury. Nobody even touched him. So was it the groundskeeper's fault because the grass was too high? I mean, right. I'm just saying, don't well, don't blame the Buccaneers for these types of injuries. If you want to blame the Saints for Chris Godwin's knee injury, that's fine. That's allowed. <laughs> that's totally legal. That's real. Yeah. But. <laughs> But uh, but you know don't don't blame the Buccaneers for this because it's it's just it's unfortunate, right? And Logan, you can't blame Logan Hall too. You know I I've seen people is it Stinney's fault? It is the Hall's fault. Hall's a rookie and he's going out there and he's got to give a hundred percent effort on every single play to show something uh, to these coaches to try to crack this rotational line lineup and to show them yeah. that he's absorbing things. It's a freak accident. Things happen. Let's still we don't have official word out. Let's hope for the best. Hopefully it's it's maybe you know a partial tear or something. I don't know. I'm not even gonna speculate, but hopefully it's yeah. not a season ender. If it is, life moves on. Hainsey will step up yeah. and, and they'll dedicate this season to Ryan Jensen and hopefully win the whole thing. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Um Randall asked a good question here. Anybody uh, that is new having a tough time with the heat? No, I, I haven't seen anybody no. really struggle with the heat at all. all right. What's that? Just our intern. <laughs> yeah, our intern. Oh, fly. I said just media. I didn't call our intern. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Media. We we love Sly. He's he's been a fantastic intern. Um, that's solid. his name, Sly. Shout out, uh, Sly. And, oh. and he's he's done a great job. He asked a bunch of questions. Circling back to the to the defensive conversation for a second, I don't know if anybody was as impressed or high on Zion McCollum today as I was, but yeah. he was hustling. This is a kid that I think is going to get to see the field this season. I just, I think that he's a workhorse. I think that he's going to be very much uh, hyper-focused on learning the yeah. plays and being able to get acclimated. And getting acclimated on defense is different than offense. Uh, but he was zipping around. He almost had an interception. So yeah. hopefully that's coming that's soon. Fun. They're yeah. very high on Zion McCollum. It's it's mm -hmm. only a matter of time before this guy gets on the field in, in, in live action. And uh, is he going? He's not going to be taking Carlton Davis's job, although he, Zion is pretty much practicing at that left cornerback spot. But when uh, you know you've got SMB and, and Jamel Dean on the right side, and and Dean has looked okay. This, this is a this is a contract year for both Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean, and and uh, we'll see if if I, I haven't seen anything good or bad from Jamel Dean yet. And I think that if you're in a contract year, you you want to show out, and and we'll see if Jamel Dean can can go out there and um, you know and and step up and 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 you know stay cold to that that right starting cornerback job, or is Zion McCollum going to press him, or is Sean Murphy Bunting going to rise up and take that job? It's going to be an interesting battle between those three corners. It's all going to be for one outside spot, I think, because right. I think that they're looking at at Antoine Winfield or Logan Ryan or maybe even Mike Edwards inside in the slot. It just seems like that's the direction that they went last year. At the end, remember, when Sean Murphy Bunting was out, they they tried Russ Cockrell. It, Ross didn't last long there. Then they went to Mike Edwards in the slot. Winfield played some in the slot. And when you're in that slot position, that's where Todd Bowles likes to blitz too. Right. One of the best blitzing guys on this team. Right. I think it's, you know, now people are asking how Keanu Neal looks, too. And and the last three guys are asked about, Neal, Dean, and Zion McCollum, all had great pass breakups today. It yes. is. You know, so, I mean, they're showing out. They're they're out there and, and performing all of the second team unit 
uh, but they're all performing well. Uh, yep. Zion McCollum also had a, a really tight coverage. Uh, you know, the ball was caught on him, but he really tight coverage, and it's a growing process for him. I yep. think all three of those guys are going to see plenty of snaps on the field uh, and continue to grow. It, it's it's really encouraging for this defensive secondary that was hit so hard last year that so far early in camp, stress early with no pads on in camp, that it's looking like the depth that the Bucks have built looking pretty good just in case anything happens and i'll add this like to think about how good these guys look without pads coming on like not to just stay high on the zion mccollum but i think that he's going to be somebody where you're going to see that contact doesn't affect him when the pads come on like some of those close calls that he had today or some of those wow if he just would have pushed that extra oomph he could have had an interception or knocked the ball down i think some of that might be reservation because of contact these guys are in gym shirts and shorts and some of them are choosing to wear the new fuzzy helmets and some of them are choosing not yeah. to. So when the pads come on, I think we're going to see Zion even take it to a whole nother level. And Neil, right. as well as Logan, were both on um, special teams for yeah. field goals today. Right. Yep. D Delaney said too about Zion. He's like, this, this kid's going to be, when we had him on the Peter Report podcast, yeah. you missed it. Go back and check. It was uh, last week. But he said, he even said, Zion McCullough, he's going to be a player. He's going to be a real yeah, player. Maybe this not kid, this year, but next year. Watch out. Truth. He really is. They, they really like him. Um, so TB12 uh, Goatman wants to talk about JTS. I need to talk about today. Uh, yeah. I mean, he he's putting on a show, man. He's pro- probably been the one guy that we haven't talked about enough. Yeah. He looks like he's going to be having a hell of a year. And Tristan Wirfs and Shaq Barrett were the two guys that we got to talk to today. Oh, and by the way, Tristan Wirfs goes up against Joe Tryon-Shoenka. And okay. Shaq Barrett is in the room with Joe Tryon-Shoenka and playing opposite him in the starting lineup. So what two better players to talk about, JTS, Casey, than those two? What did they have to say today? Oh, my favorite was Tristan Wirfs opening up saying, this kid is just a beast. He's so athletic. He's got this twitch. There's just so many things about him that just make him an unbeatable player. And then going over to Shaq Barrett's comments about JTS was the fact that Barrett said JTS was ready last year. He just yeah. didn't get the reps that he deserved. And that's straight out of the mouth of a guy who's probably going to be a leader, potentially even a captain on this team. So JTS has been ready, according to every person that you would speak right. to out there. And now they're just ready to unleash him. But for the for a guy who gets to go up against him in practice, Tristan Wirfs is solid. We know this. We know how great he is. But he has said he was the, I'm sorry. Shaq said Tristan Wirfs was the toughest tack, right tackle he's ever been against yeah, in the league. Sure. <laughs> right. So for that to be said, and then and and for Worfs to go into such detail about like what right. he brings to the table, you know, his speed, his athleticism, his strength, like you don't always get the better of being super strong, being twitchy, being fast and having good hands. He has everything. So yeah. I think they're just ready to unleash the beast. And it translated <laughs> to the field today. Because yeah. he had a, he was pivotal on Antoine Winfield Jr.'s interception uh, to to start on Tom Brady's first pass of the game, getting applying pressure, and then he also had another Woody sack, if they called it, uh, coverage sack, if if we could sack again. So I mean, he's right. been an absolute beast out there, even in day, two days. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and JC, you asked a question that was always in the top of my mind, and I've asked it before, and you know that this is one of my hot buttons, right? Shaq Barrett, back in 2019, I've, I've done the research, out of the 19 and a half sacks that he got, 13 of those, which that's a Pro Bowl number by itself, 13 sacks in the season, you're going to the Pro Bowl. He had 19 and a half. 13 of those came on the right side against left tackles. And out of the six forced fumbles he had back in 2019, which was the year he led the, the league in sacks and went to his first Pro Bowl, out of the six forced fumbles, five of them came from the right side, right? Those strip sacks from the quarterback's blind side. And, you know, we've talked about it before. If you missed it, I'll give you the, the real quick 10-second uh, story. When JPP was out with that Nick injury, Carl Nassib was the, the left outside linebacker. Shaq was the right in 2019. Shaq was doing all that damage. JPP comes back and says, I like to play on the right side. JPP is an alpha personality. Shaq Barrett is not. Shaq Barrett is a people pleaser. And when JPP said, I want to rush from the right side, Shaq was like, okay. And he went to the left side where he still was effective. I mean, but but not as effective. And, and we saw 
JPP take a, a huge amount of, of rushes from the right side in 2020, and that led to a Pro Bowl season for JPP. But Shaq went from 18 or 19 and a half sacks down to eight and did not make the Pro Bowl. And then last year was more 50-50. And part of that was because of, of JPP missing so much time with his, his shoulder injury. And lo and behold, what happens? Shaq, more sacks on the right side, gets to 10 sacks on the season and makes a Pro Bowl. And yeah, we've we've seen him play both sides, but I think you're going to see Shaq play more on the right. And JC, he talked about it today. He said that's more of his favorite side, right? Yeah, his quote was great. You know, I asked him, he's like, I think because the quarterbacks really can't see you coming from that side, but I feel confident, comfortable on both sides. We'll switch a little bit more this year, so we switch it up on defense. I mean, keep offenses guessing so we aren't doing it as a one-trick pony. I mean, you can't argue with the numbers. He said with like a huge like oh, yeah. smile. He's like, you can't argue with the numbers. But I do like yeah. both sides. Maybe the right side a little bit more because the quarterback. Maybe the right side a little bit more. Okay, Jack, whatever. Yeah. You know right. you want to get a lot more. All right? When he said right. the numbers don't lie, he was just giving you everything <laughs> right was, there. Basically, yeah. like, put me right. I love yeah. the way he talks, too. His cadence is phenomenal. I know. I, Shaq's one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, no, my my days like, on the sidelines are over. Uh, I've retired from my defensive coordinator duties at the South Pasco Predators football team. I'm done. But what I will say is plenty of people at one Buccaneer place, including the players, read Pewter Report, and they know what's up. And when we have good stats out there, they know it, they read it. And uh, That's the man, though. Don't let him fool you. He's already been offered defensive coordinator spots this year. They, people want you. People yeah. want Scott back on the sidelines. Yeah. Nope, retired. <laughs> Not going Start nope, I'm I'm fine talking to you, Peter people, and uh, we're just trying to get PeterReport.com back up. We've we've had uh, you know two two uh, uh, Pro Bowl entities go down today, unfortunately, with Ryan Jensen, and then our website. We're trying to get get it back uh, up, but uh, uh, and what we do we'll have a slew of stories already written. We're going to load them up, and and we'll hit the ground running. Uh, we, we've got a, a couple more minutes left, and I don't have any clever. Uh, you know, segue into the the underdog fantasy uh, promo, but I'm just going to go right into the underdog fantasy promo, <laughs> folks. If if you're looking for the best place to do fantasy, there's no better place than underdog fantasy. It's in their name. I mean, underdog fantasy, and and they're drafting right now for the best ball mania three. And what I love about underdog fantasy, I don't have time with me covering football just about 24 seven, seven days a week during football season to play fantasy football, the traditional way with the commissioner and making the trades and getting your lineups in. I, I mean, I'm working covering the Buccaneers people. I don't have time to do the week to week fantasy football stuff, but it is fun. And I did it for the first time last year. I did several drafts and in August, we're going to have a lot of pewter report drafts. So we did it last year. I played against a lot of you, awesome pewter people you buccaneer fans out there we're going to do it again uh, we'll probably start talking about it next week and we're going to really use the month of august to ramp up but right now you can go draft your teams matter of fact the the second place winner last year drafted his team in june <laughs> the best ball mania so this is the time people to do your drafts because you can get guys like julio jones and chris godwin for cheap and uh and 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 get them like in the later rounds while they're under, you know, under under the radar right now, but uh, there's ten million dollars worth of prizes in Underdog Fantasy. All you have to do is when you sign up, use the promo code Pewter, and you're going to get a bonus for signing up. So that promo code is Pewter, and Underdog Fantasy they let you set it and forget it. That's that's the point I'm trying to make is is I pick the players in its best ball, which means if you draft three quarterbacks, let's say you draft. Um, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and let's say you're stuck drafting Baker Mayfield as your third quarterback. Okay, whatever. But whoever has the best stats that week, you get the points. So if Brady has the bye week and Aaron Rodgers lights it up, then boom, then you get Aaron Rodgers' points that week. So that's how it works. It's a great, fun way to, to do the drafting, and you can set your lineup and forget it whenever you draft. So uh, head over to Underdog Fantasy. And play Best Ball Mania 3 for your chance of winning up to $10 million in prizes on Underdog Fantasy. 
and be sure to use the promo code pewter when you sign up and there's no bigger underdog than an undrafted free agent right i mean he's got an uphill battle to face to make the team and there's no better underdog story than the guy who's going to be your new starting kicker in 2022 when jose borregales as right. expected Kickers are going to be probably switching off each and every single day. Jose Borgales had his shot yesterday after Ryan Suckup had his yesterday. Suckup was perfect yesterday. Uh, he went six for six. Didn't kick anything from out uh, from beyond 30, 39 yards, something we've come to expect from Suckup. But my man Jose Borgales is out there. He went seven for eight, showing off his range today, nailing kickoff kicks from, long, uh, from behind 50, 51, 49 yeah. yards. Telling you, he can show consistency. This is going to be your new kicker. And he can also handle kickoff duties, too, which Jake Camardo will probably handle. But in a pinch, Jose B, he's your man. And and listen, JC, uh, you you called this last year. I mean, this is nothing new, right? I mean, uh, you know, I've I've got, you know, my guy who, of course, is, is Blaine Gabbert, the most handsome quarterback on the roster. There's your obligatory Blaine Gabbert picture for the day, folks. Now, waiting for that. Waiting for that. Yeah. So I sent you a quality pic of him. Like the flow was good. The sweat was there. Like I sent I'm you a saving quality. It. I'm, yeah, I'm okay. saving it when he has a really, really good day in practice. Uh, he threw an interception to Cam Gill today. Cam Gill dropping in coverage, picking off yeah. Blaine Gabbert. So today was not the day for that picture, Casey. All but right, uh, right. I appreciate that. It was a good looking picture. But, uh, but JC. You've been all over Jose Borregales. This is a, a player, Luke Rose Award winner from Miami, was was in camp last year. They put him on the practice squad. They protected him every single week because they wanted him to develop behind the scenes to be that eventual successor probably to Ryan Suckup. Is it going to happen this year? We're, I think we're going to find out in August. But uh, I can definitely second your emotion that, that you have been high on, on Jose, not just – this camp, but last camp as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've got a couple of them. Nick Lavrette was another sneaky guy who I who yeah. I said it now, you know. Um, guys, stop with the Johnson. Who was the safety last year that you had the crush on? Oh, Javon Hagen. Yeah. Oh. R.I.P. Javon Hagen. He just didn't have the work ethic. He's now retired out of football yeah. after a year with the Cardinals on the practice squad. What can you do, you know? Yeah. What were you about to say? I said, stop with the John slander in the chat, people, too. John's out there saving the world one child at a time. That's true. <laughs> yes. He is. Yes. He's doing good work. And it's been uh, months. I think we'd be remiss not to touch on the rookies. I see a couple yeah. questions about Kate Auden and um, Rashad White. And somebody, I'm I'm falling short to remember who they mentioned the fact that Kate Auden looked good in, in his routes and he was did. making some great catches um for day two so for everyone asking about Kate on and he's he looks like he's on the right trajectory to yeah. make some magic on this team Rashad yeah. White is crushing it he's looking I good. underestimated the kid I'm yeah. not gonna lie yeah he's not perfect he, he had some he dropped a pass today but but yeah. uh, he's getting some rave reviews the coaches are very happy with him mm-hmm. and uh, and folks if you're just joining the Peter Report podcast well where have you been I mean I guess you're working that's okay we're working too but uh we talked about Ryan Jensen and Robert Hainsey and Julio Jones at the beginning of the show. So if you're just joining us now, make sure that you go back and watch it from start to finish. And we've got another Peter Report podcast coming out tomorrow. Why? Because it's Friday and you deserve another Peter Report podcast. Folks, we just had the best episode we've ever done. The best podcast episode we've ever done just occurred. The good news is we're going to gun to see if we can replace it as the best tomorrow with Friday's episode we think that's going to actually be the best one so make sure you tune in friday july 29th at 4 p.m i think jc you're going to be on with bailey tomorrow yes sir well we'll be holding it down breaking down day three of training camp excited to get out there again tomorrow excited to get back here talk to you pewter people and and just run down answer all your questions because i know you got questions everyone's got questions they want to if we could sit here for three hours and break down every player in the roster we would but then we wouldn't be able to get the great content out for you guys. So that's true. Yep. And shout next week, people at training camp, just shout out to the pewter fans at training camp. We are yeah. starting to see a lot of you guys. So yeah, if you get a chance to say hi, say hi, but we yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. We, we chatted with, with a couple of fans today. Mark Fisher was, was in the house and it's always oh. great to see people from the chat say hello to us. So if you're out of camp, you know, call us out by name because we're kind of busy watching the team. But if I hear Scott or JC or Casey, We'll turn around and 
and uh, you know, shake your hand and chat with you and, and say hello. We're, we're always happy to do that. Next week, take a look at the schedule, folks. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. No chat on Thursday because there's no practice. So we're going to be covering the Buccaneers practices. Now, there is a practice on Saturday, but we've already done four podcasts by that time. So we'll save all of our podcast content for next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. So uh, once again, Pewter people, thanks for showing up. We've had a blast talking Bucks football to you today. We wish it was all good news. We'll cross our fingers and see what happens with Ryan Jensen, but they're they're not uh, they're holding their breath over there at one Buccaneer place, bracing for yeah. some bad news, hoping for some good news. Uh, we shall see what's going to happen. Uh, but for J.C. Allen and K.C. Hudson, I'm Scott Reynolds, saying thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, and we'll see you tomorrow. Out.